Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Nighttime Show. I am Mike Glazer, here with head writer of the Nighttime Show, Matt Walker. Our guest today, you know him from Seinfeld, Everybody Loves Raymond, Dumb and Dumber, and he's the author of Maybe We'll Have You Back, Fred Stoller. And now, he had a nosebleed on the way here. Give it up for your host, Stephen Kramer Glickman. We are here uh, recording uh, this episode live from my favorite Chinese restaurant, Genghis Cohen. Genghis Cohen on Fairfax. Uh, Come on down and you'll enjoy uh, egg rolls and wonton soup. And Jews. And Jews. (laughs) So many Jews. We are, uh, yeah, this is this is an honor and a pleasure to have you here, Fred. Uh, Mm -hmm. We are, I'm big, a big fan of you. Wow. Been Mm -hmm. a big fan for a very long time. Uh, Let's put a stop to that today. Absolutely. And your, uh, your credits, your work uh, is extensive. It's an wow. extensive collection of wonderful stuff. Do you get nosebleeds, Fred? Because I got, this is two days in a row for me. You know, I get a lot of stuff, but I don't get, the, how, why two days in a row? What's going on? I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's a heat thing. I think maybe a heat thing and a cold air thing. Could, and be, then, uh, uh, could be brain cancer. Could yeah. be brain cancer. You might have too much could blood. Check, check WebMD. <laughs> I might have too much blood. Be sure to check WebMD and, and whatever the worst thing it says, that's probably what it is. That's probably <laughs> what it is. You're probably right. Um, yeah, no, what's nerve-wracking to me is I told uh, one of my friends yesterday who's a like was uh, went met through, went through medical school and I was like yeah I uh, I have a, a nose I had a nosebleed two days you know two days in a row or a day I had yesterday it was just a day mm-hmm. I had a nosebleed today he goes well did it come out of one nostril or two I go just one he mm-hmm. goes then you're fine. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I was like oh god yeah. oh shit it could be whatever uh, what was it that Ratso had in Midnight Cowboy. He could have a nosebleed And then he died on the bus On the way to Florida Pretty sure that's The end of the movie I think that's what you got Pretty sure that's AIDS And I'm pretty sure (laughs) I I don't know Pretty sure I'm okay But thanks for that (laughs) I appreciate it And if you haven't seen that movie yet You should Should we cut that out? Yeah no no We just We (laughs) just ruined Midnight Cowboy For our audience That he has a nosebleed at the end That's the big spoiler Look it's been Fifty years, forty years. Yeah, if you, you could don't spoil know, that right now. now, you know that um, a nosebleed. At yeah, end. that's like I was in my yeah. acting class one time, and something came up about uh, Cary Grant. I was like, "Oh, he was great in North by Northwest." And somebody's like, "Oh, I never saw that movie." And I was like, "Oh, you know, it's a case of mistaken identity. People think that he killed someone, and they wind up at Mount Rushmore." Somebody's like, "Spoiler alert!" I'm like, "That movie came out eighty years ago." Yeah, it's like if you haven't spoiler. seen it by now, it's too late. You can't complain about spoilers yeah. when something's been out that long. It, it really, yeah, that's a hundred percent true. Yeah, that is that's a fact. No one is going to argue with that. Yeah. Yeah, um, we uh, no, no. You started out. Where did you grow up, Fred? <coughs> Excuse me, I'm Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. Where are you from? Um, I'm from London, Ontario, Canada. I'm an East Coaster. Wow, I love Brooklyn, New York. I lived in Brooklyn for a while. Where in Brooklyn? Cobble Hill. You know, I lived at the end, which is a different world. Like now, Brooklyn is like the show Girls, and you know, Brooklyn Heights. But where I lived, it was like. I remember when the movie Saturday Night Fever came out showing how racist and small-minded they were. They emulated them more. It was like, my Brooklyn is like, welcome back, Cotter, that mm-hmm. kind of... Sure. Yeah, that what, kind what, of Where Brooklyn. were you exactly? Sheepshead Bay. That's near Coney Island, um, near Bensonhurst Bay Ridge, the kind of, mm-hmm. hey, Vinnie Barbarino kind of people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Brooklyn wasn't as hip and cool when I grew up in it. It was kind of s- small-minded. Well, I think Sheepshead Bay probably still is that 
kind of Brooklyn. Yeah, like, I, I would love to cut together uh, the show Girls with Requiem for a Dream. Because I believe both <laughs> took place in the same neighborhood. And oh. They're totally different. It's it's like, yeah. you know, they're, you know, it's a, that neighborhood is not, that's not neat. Even I when I lived there, it wasn't an easy place. I mean, I lived there in 1999. Like, 99 mm-hmm. is before they cleaned up most of New York. I mean, we had, we, I think, we had Lion King, I think, by that point. But uh, New York or Brooklyn? Brooklyn. Yeah, now Brooklyn, like I said, I haven't been to any of the new kind of gentrified, uh, uh, hipster parts of Brooklyn. Yeah. I, I don't go to New York a lot lately. My mother's in Florida. And uh, yeah, but I'm going uh, and next week. Where, mm-hmm. Now, when you were growing up, were there funny people in your family? No, no. Um, <laughs> maybe some cousin was dry or something, <laughs> but my, uh, my father was... Almost not mute, but he didn't talk much. I used to do a joke. My father's like Dustin Hoffman in the movie Rain Man, except he's not good in math. (laughs) (laughs) He was now he really didn't talk much, and he was funny in a dry way. My mother's funny, not trying to be funny, but because she's ridiculous Mm -hmm. and out of her mind. And how so? Well, she's everything gets every word wrong and is just afraid and just uh she says something is mind bottling instead of mind bo- and she sounds just like steven just yeah, and she'll, she'll like if someone has twins she'll go are they from the same wound like she doesn't she gave birth twice she doesn't know the word womb so she's utterly ridiculous she's funny like well, this is funny and sad. She in two thousand eight, she got mugged by a black guy. Uh, she goes, "It doesn't stop me. I'm still going to vote for Obama." <laughs> that won't stop. Like like uh, like McCain sent black people around to throw Jewish ladies down to not vote for Obama. I don't know, but um, weird connection. Turn your ringer oh. off, Stephen. Oh, my ringer. That's what I'm off? trying to tell you. Yes, I heard oh, it. Oh no! I thought you were when whispering, you like tell, 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 to tell Fred you to not do. to talk. Um, I'm sorry. Please continue, Fred. I'm sorry. You know, I I was opening for Norm MacDonald. I'm going on a tangent. Please. He's Mm -hmm. a good guy, but kind of rude. You sit at a table and he whispers to the person right in front of you (laughs) like you think he's not being rude. (laughs) (laughs) Norm's always struck me. He's always struck me as somebody where like he doesn't necessarily understand the normal social conventions of how people tend to act. No. Have you met him or hung out with him? I've just seen him. Uh, I've never actually met him. I've been in the same room as him, but I never met him. And it was just like, like, he's kind of a weird guy. You just see him over there. You're like, he's a bully. He's a good guy. But let's just say I'm glad I'm not opening for him anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's as crazy as you would think would be. So Brooklyn, New York, it's just, it was sad. It was like blacks were were bust in and it was still so segregated because it just was... Yeah, I grew up in the uh, late 60s, 70s, and again, it was, um, I grew up in a Jewish neighborhood, and yeah. I didn't know growing up Jews were a minority, because I, I, we weren't educated, and all the Jews hated us, because we weren't very observant. So they would- Really? Yeah, twice a year, they'd, they'd dress up because of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, but they would make my family feel guilty, like, hey, I'm going to- 
Oh, shake your hand, Freddy, even though you're practicing to be a Goyim. And don't hang out with Freddy, it's comets. So everything was us against oh them. God. The wow. Schwitzes, the Schwarzes, the Goyim, the Mechechi. <laughs> so I never liked that closed-mindedness. So they hated our us because we didn't go to Temple. I used to work in a place called Kosher King in, in Coney Island, not Burger King, Kosher King. <laughs> and they didn't have hamburgers. They had beef burgers. And I helped set up this one in... in Brooklyn College, and I didn't know kosher meant clean. And a rabbi had to inspect it with his fingers, and mm-hmm. and and you couldn't use the same different sinks. And I remember, I uh, maybe this is why the Jews of my block hated me. I, <laughs> I, I, you couldn't use the same utensils with fish and sure this, and mm-hmm. I got all confused. So that day, no one ate real kosher food when I was on the grill. <laughs> but uh, the whole like separate plates thing. Yeah. There had to be yeah. separate. Oh yeah, separate plates. So I mean, that's for for like super orthodox Jews. They have uh, separate plates for milk and for meat. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Wait, you and put even milk for... on a plate. But the utensils. Just no, something. no. I mean, just if they <laughs> milk were... on a plate. <laughs> milk on a plate. <laughs> that's, no, that's, that's, a, that's that's a cheese. Cheese dairy. That's product? a Buddhist thing. Yeah. That's not a Jewish. But thing. I used to see all the menorahs in the windows, and I I didn't know we were a minority. Till I grew up and saw getting punched. No. And uh, sounds like a Kindler joke. The Jews got punched. <laughs> I never ran into anti-Semitism till I worked in San Antonio and people were screaming, hey, Jew, where'd you get your nose job? Because I'm a Jew with not a big nose. That's, that's the, hey, that's my new one-man show. Jew with not a big nose. Oh, that's great. The post, that's a good poster. Yes, yeah. the Jew that, That's why he doesn't nose. get nosebleeds, Stephen. Yeah, just a profile. I get, yeah, I get nosebleeds just you from... Know. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Brooklyn isn't the sophisticated, artsy Brooklyn I grew up in. Hmm. Just uh, They used to, on the Bell Parkway, Dump the bodies, the mob, um, from Borough Heights. I forgot. Uh, but, yeah, there, there, there were some neighbors that would walk their dogs and see dead bodies from the mob. Have you seen a body? I, I saw, not from any mob thing, uh, just uh, a na- uh, on one of my birthdays, I had oh, no. a stripper uh, with me but didn't do anything with me. In here in L.A., and, and someone banged on my, well, we Tifka, just- <laughs> we didn't hear from Tifka. And we went into a thing, and I thought she was looking at me, but she was dead. A lady above me died. Oh, uh, no. And you were with a stripper at the time? Yes. Wow. So wow. nothing, the stripper screamed and ran out. It's like Stand By Me, but with boobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with shoes. Stand yeah, By Me So why Jews. was there a stripper? There was a stripper, she was I, I met some stripper at a, at a yard sale. <laughs> High-class stripper. <laughs> yes. This is the greatest. Selling her wares at a yard sale. And somehow we had a date. That was my birthday. But there was a bit a thud above us. I didn't know what it was. And I guess Tifka died. And then her friends were saying, we haven't heard from her. So then I used to live, <laughs> there used to be a, uh, my first, my second apartment, there was a, the landlord lived there. He goes, I can't see a body. I'm a Jewish coin. I didn't know what he was talking about, thinking he's a coin. It's a cone. Can't Some Jewish thing can't look at dead bodies. Do you, really? You're shaking your head. Is Do you know what he's phone? talking about? I was just hoping someone would know. I'm the only non-Jew at the table. You can uh, have yeah, I'm, I'm a Jewish I'm Google coin. It. Google I it. can't look at the body. You go in, Freddy. We proved at our live show that Stephen is a bad Jew. A couple oh, weeks yeah. ago. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm the worst Jew. We, we had a, like a Jewish quiz. And we had uh, rabbis come up on stage and quiz us. We had uh, and you got seven, like you seven got like rabbis. one out of seven questions right or yeah. something. Yeah, uh, S- Jewish coin or something. Uh, I'm, I'm looking it up. A uh, uh, Cohen. There's, Cohen. Yeah, the Cohen. 
a Cohen. Are you saying there's dead bodies in this Chinese restaurant? <laughs> Genghis dead bodies. I'm gonna Google. I'm Google. I'm doing some Googling. You okay. keep keep going. All right. So yeah. I grew up in Brooklyn. So then, how'd you get into a comedy? I know you write about this a little bit in your terrific book. Uh, maybe we'll have you back, which everyone, by the way, should pick up and read. One of the best reads about Get show it. business really? you could ever have. I got Whoa, that's that book is an fantastic. endorsement. Could you go on Amazon and say that? I, I think I did leave a review on oh. it. I'll make sure I did. Could like, you for my new Kindle single? Uh, this once guy I read good it, adjectives. Okay. Once I read it, I will definitely <laughs> wow. leave a review. That cool. one and Top of the Rock are my two favorite books about show business. And what's Absolute, Top of the Rock? Oh, that's the one uh, by, uh, what's his name? The guy who ran NBC for like 10 years. Brandon Tartikoff? The, after Tartikoff. Uh, uh, Warren Coolidge. No, Warren. No. no. <laughs> Can't remember his name now. Littlefield. Um, Warren Littlefield. Yeah. yeah so he wrote a book about his his era of running NBC and that like Seinfeld read. and all that stuff. It's really good. Wow. Uh, but your book is fantastic. Amazing, by oh, the way. Well, thank you. Your um, story about Kathy Griffin. <laughs> One of the best stories about show business I've ever read. But okay, I have the we'll info. I have the info here about uh, 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 the Cohens. A Cohen. All right. All right. A Cohen. A Cohen. By the way. I am a Cohen. Just and we're in Genghis know. Cohen. And we're in Genghis it's, Cohen. It's That's a brother who makes why. cool movies? Uh, Jews have an aristocracy. Oh. An aristocracy, however, without castles, but with titles, uh, privileges, duties, and restrictions. Hmm. Unlike most aristocracies, the Jewish aristocracy does not use formal salutations such as your grace, my lord, things like that. For Jews, these aristocrats are known as Kohaim. Uh, and hmm. uh, the priests who once served in the original temple of uh, Jerusalem, they were all Cohens. Uh, Cohens. Um, so and so they're not allowed to be in a room with a uh, dead, body. dead body. That's part of the thing. <laughs> also, they they're known as like they're like it's passed down through generations that certain ones are are certain people are. Well, this episode of Jew that. Talk brought to you by Hormel <laughs> Thick Slice Bacon he claims no. to be that kind of Jew <laughs> no. so what happened was um, speaking of Brooklyn yeah. I was pathologically shy and depressed I didn't know where I'd fit into the real world I, I, I liked seeing character actors on TV but I didn't know how you became that I thought you had to start on the Brady Bunch like your parents had to get you into it so I didn't know how you got into mm-hmm. anything so so i remember i went with my older sister and some friends even though i was underage there was a club in brooklyn called pips not piss pips <laughs> p-i-p-s sure and this was 75 wow mm-hmm. and richard lewis and billy crystal were performing there and they weren't names yet but i remember um uh, Billy Crystal was talking about season Nick tickets and having kids. And when he makes a living from this and he's not famous, wow. Uh, and you just talk. And my sister's friend, he he was explaining about the improvisation. That there's a club in New York where Freddie Prince, David Brenner started. You do your act, then you get on The Tonight Show, and then he got a sitcom. So that's how I was my introduction of how you become a character actor on tv mm-hmm. you know you we weren't savvy back then we didn't have the internet no you know behind the scenes and e hollywood how these things happen says what oh so even though i'm pathological pathologically shy i only have to get on stage one time at this improv <laughs> yeah. i'll get on the tonight show and i pictured being on the tonight show going this is only my second time doing stand-up comedy <laughs> i thought that's all you had to do holy shit so i slopped together an act 
I'd listen to like Richard Pryor, Jimmy Walker, Freddie Prince albums, and it was so god awful. I thought you had to talk about coming from a bad neighborhood. <laughs> Do you remember like your first joke or like a joke yes. that you said in your first? Some time? of the jokes I did was um, uh, I asked this girl out. She told me I had to gain weight. I told her, every time I look at you, I do gain weight, but it's all in the same place. <laughs> Speaking of blood, I, I thought getting a hard-on means you gained weight. I didn't, I, it made, maybe that's why they didn't oh, laugh. It made no it. sense. That's great. I did jokes. Oh, our neighborhood was, was such a bad neighborhood. They built bars around it. It was such <laughs> I did one joke, um, two jokes that actually... One of them, uh, the Jews, they, 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 what good does religion do? They want to pray, they go to the Wailing Wall. What good does that do? It's like talking to a wall. It's all bad. <laughs> oh, shit. So, wait, wait, hang on a second. Glazer, what was your first? Do you remember like a first joke that you did when you first started? Um, yeah, I talked about how they, my parents said, don't talk to strangers, but then they got me a clown for my birthday, and nothing's stranger than a clown. That's not okay. bad. as bad as yeah. my first jokes. Well, if it's a competition, th- thanks. I guess <laughs> yeah. I don't know. No, like it's not, it's not. It's not. It's really good. bad. bad. I, used to, I did bad. one that someone else has done. Um, my impression of Ed McMahon is a baby. Goo goo gaga. <laughs> someone has done that's babies. great. That one, I had some that weren't as bad. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wait, Matt. What about you? Do you, would you remember a first? Uh, not my first one. I remember that was really early that I haven't told in. 13 years was uh it was right i started like a little bit right around the time when Siegfried and roy had their accent with the tiger oh yeah and i said they interviewed the tiger and they asked him what it was like and he said they're great and i used oh. to do that on stage wow holy yeah. shit that's like the ed mcmahon one yeah, yeah. it's just like that yeah you, uh so yeah so uh <laughs> i uh yeah so i'd hang out then i got yeah. What oh, were your no, first no. jokes, Stephen? Oh, no. uh, well, let's hear your embarrassing joke. All right. Well, it's well, I got one. It was uh, I used to date a Mormon uh, girl. Mm-hmm. It's never a good idea to date someone who already thinks you're going to hell. That was the big mm-hmm. joke. That's that was my more b- sophisticated than mine. But were you older than seventeen? <laughs> what? Were you older than seventeen when you started? He was forty-two. I, se- I was forty-two years old. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was I was twenty something. Twenty-five. Yeah. Plus, in my defense, <sighs> you know, they're more sophisticated because they'll watch all these, you know, sophisticated comedians. Yeah. On YouTube, so I guess if you're new, it's not going to be as. Oh, yeah. God, you can't say retarded anymore. But, <laughs> but uh, my act was pretty bad when I started. You can't call someone a Kansas City faggot anymore. They get mm-hmm. really upset. I never heard mm-hmm. that term. That's from Blazing uh, Saddles. Oh, it's from Blazing Saddles. Oh, yeah. He goes, look at these Kansas City faggots. Yeah, like, you guys are oh, hopping God. around like a bunch of Kansas City faggots. And you know I have but, nothing but love for the gay community, and that has nothing to do with it. But fuck you, Kansas City. But fuck you, Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> was it easier for you to be on stage? And not be shy. Yeah, once. Well, no. What actually what happened was, um, well, first of all, um, in those days, people would smoke cigarettes in clubs, so a big cloud. So with the lighting, I liked if I couldn't see them, <laughs> and my head was down, and I couldn't look at them. So that sort of developed my persona at first. That my head would be down, I couldn't look at the crowd. And I'd make these nooses with the mic stand. Mm. Oh, my God. So, so, but yes, you know, people, <clears throat> excuse me, don't get, I say I'm shy. They go, oh, you get up in front of people. That I could get up in front of people 
if no one I knew was in the crowd when I first mm-hmm. started, I someone I knew was in the crowd. I did not want that. Um, but people don't understand. What do you mean? Why are you showing real life? But individually approaching a woman until last week? No, uh, it's never <laughs> sure. been easy. Or um, stuff like they don't understand why you could be on stage, but you're, you know, one on one where mm-hmm. it's more personal. Maybe that's why people develop characters so they don't feel as rejected on stage. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. You know. were, were there other guys? Uh, who else were you starting out with? Like, well, I, I started it. I had a false start when I was 17, and it was too painful, and I quit for three years. So then in 78, I came back. I, I passed. I ha- I'd hang out at the improv. I hung out with... Uh, <coughs> Wait, well, me. what did you do over those three years? Well, it was too painful, so... I um, I went to community college in Brooklyn. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life, but but nothing. I worked at Toys R Us. I handed out, uh, and I worked uh, selling T-shirts after rock concerts, bootlegging, just college. <laughs> just sure. I worked in Coney Island. Uh, on a ride, scaring people in a tunnel. Not, nothing, <laughs> nothing, uh, nothing, you know. I, was, I just pictured it as like Fred's would be like, boo. Well, what happened was <laughs> I'd have to wear a werewolf mask. Okay. And when they'd go by, I'd go, Rrr. And then it was so hot, I'd put the mask on my fist. And just, uh, <laughs> you know, and then they'd, they'd spit at me. They'd know I was going to be there. So I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. But then I remember, I think what happened was there was a few times when I was uh, doing it when I was 17. I think they were laughing at me. <laughs> but, I, but I remember thinking, hey, I, I got laughs a few of those times. Maybe I should try stand-up comedy again. You know, it was, like I said, too painful when I was 17. So I, I said, but then I was, uh, like, beating myself up. Three years wasted. I could have made it. <laughs> I um, now I'm 20, an old guy. (laughs) Three years I threw away. Yeah, sure. So then I, I put together another act that was a little bit no, still is ridiculous. (laughs) But um, so I I went to the improv and and they said, oh, you could start hanging out. So I'd hang out with Gilbert Gottfried. Who were the comics? Uh, You know who did stand up for a while? He called himself Stephen Buse, but it was really Buscemi. Oh, really? Stephen yes, Buscemi? Yes, Buscemi tried doing stand-up. And wow. Then he, he quit, but then became a performance artist. Uh, I saw him in a movie, L.A. Stories, right? Mm-hmm. But that guy looks familiar. Uh, he was in one playing a performance artist with Nick Nolte. And then he, you know, he really uh, blew up, as they say, but... Uh, who else would you know? Robert Wall, uh, sure. Keenan Ivory Waynes. Um, well, at Jeez. the comic strip was Larry Miller, Jerry Seinfeld during the comedy yeah. boom. Um, uh, Paul Reiser, the famous story, was a guy who sadly passed away. Michael Hampton Kane had an audition for Diner, and, and Reiser t- tagged along to buy underwear. <laughs> And they said, who is this guy hanging out? And he got to be in Diner, and he took off. Wow. Um, I, uh, in New- Long Island, I'm, there's a guy, greatest guy in the world, uh, Rob Bartlett. Um, and I'm, he's a sidekick on Imus. I'm going to do Imus. Uh, Eddie Murphy I started with. I, I was in mm-hmm. Florida with a, him a week right before he got Saturday Night Live. Wow. 
Eddie Murphy. Um, so did you have much success in stand-up at that time? Like, Well, what happened was eventually the comedy boom hit full stride. And I was just, again, I was never funny. This is no like one said 82, I was funny. somewhere on there? Or like, What's that? Yeah, because what, about what year? Like, would you say like 82, 83? Yes. Around because 86 is when you did uh, Letterman. Letterman for the first time. Yeah, 82 yeah. is when... New Jersey, Long Island, Connecticut, the, the, uh, the comedy boom exploded. And you could make a living in New York if you were anyone. There were guys, I mean, when I say living, there were all these $50, $60 Long Island bars, New Jersey bars. Mm-hmm. If you had a car, that was the thing, because you'd have to meet at the improv, and the guy with the car would drive the other two comics. Mm-hmm. So some of those guys were god-awful. But they had but- a car. But they had a car, and they got by, <laughs> yeah. and there were all these... I was in a headline, and there were guys like the late Dennis Wolfberg, yeah. John Mulrooney, that oh, yeah. really high energy. They, they were good the places, Rascal mm-hmm. in New Jersey, all these places. So I was able to get by, even as a middle, just doing, you know, I didn't live a great life, uh, but um, the sad part about all this is, I'm thinking like a fifty dollar gig. Wow, who books that? that? Yes. How do I get a fifty dollar gig in comedy <laughs> yes. these days? So, Hilarious. So there were all these uh, gigs. So I I developed this act, these weird non sequitur one liners, being the weird guy. So I was never a headliner, but mm-hmm. I was able to get by and yeah. So all that stuff, little by little, in the comedy boom. So I stayed in L.A. and New York, thinking, oh. I'm getting on at Catch Rising Stars. Something mm-hmm. should happen, but I eventually had to come here in '88 to get into acting and all that. All right. So something I want to uh, talk about real quick before we continue is uh, is sex. You know, yeah. uh, have having having the sex. It's a positive mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. I mean, Matt. I know you're out there. You're having mm-hmm. the sex, right? Uh, which is good for you. Good job, pal. <laughs> and uh, Glazer, you've been with your girlfriend for what? How many years? Oh, eight years now, and it's like still real fun. Like that's, we have a great time. Yeah, that's so wonderful. So it doesn't really matter if it, if you're just starting out or with someone, or if you're if you've been in it for a while. You gotta sometimes you gotta spice things up. Sometimes oh, you gotta to. add a little spice to it. Mm-hmm. Add a little spice to it. Uh, I mean, and if you've been uh, fantasizing about uh, surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult film, well, then I have the offer for you. You're gonna love it. You can't resist go to adamandeve.com and for a limited time only you get 50 percent off just about any item in oh, the entire damn website that's fun it's unbelievable okay and that's not all oh no no check this out when you select your one item at 50 percent off you're also going to get three free adult dvds that's right mm-hmm. three three free uh dvds also you can use that for inspiration also a free extra sensual gift i can't even talk about i'm sold so how do, how do i take no advantage hang of on offer? a second uh I'm, there's to more top it all off to top it all off free shipping whoa oh no nice. this is no all right, joke now i'm definitely in what do i have okay, to do to get, you go. get this so deal. check out adamandeve.com today for a special offer get 50 percent off uh, one item when you use the the code tnts as in the nighttime show tnts for offer code upon your mm-hmm. checkout and when you do you're gonna get three dvds you're gonna get free extra gift what and you're gonna get some free shipping so just use offer code tnts at at adamandeve.com that's tnts as in the nighttime show tnts at adamandeve.com all right let's get back into this now but you did 
uh, late show. Uh, I mean, you did. You got to. You did late night with uh, with Letterman before you came out to L.A. Yes. So how how did that go down for you? I, mean, I did it twice. One time I did it the night the space shuttle blew up. Oh <laughs> shit! They, Are you fucking kidding me? Yes. Yes. How do you follow? Yeah, yeah. National was, no one saw it. February of '86. So. Oh, everyone canceled. Yeah. So January, I think it was January. January of '86. Yeah. Yeah. So no uh, people. I got it because people would cancel at the last minute. <laughs> oh my But they'd see God. me at clubs. You know. Oh, he's this weird. Guy. <laughs> like we can't get Sally Ride tonight. <laughs> but that was uh, yeah. The Letterman, the space shuttle was. Uh, crazy holy shit wow how was the room the room it must have been very so morose yeah. oh yeah. my god let him in such a show because i don't mean to be irreverent we're gonna do a show anyway here's comedian fred stole <laughs> oh, like, i'm not gonna tell any jokes like, it was funny he went on uh tom snyder's show uh tom snyder briefly mm-hmm. had the 12 30 spot yeah. Yeah, and he said the worst show he ever had to do was the night the space shuttle blew up. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny if he said it was because I was on it. Oh my God, are you kidding me? Yeah, it was the hardest. <laughs> That's show. the weirdest. That's awesome. I think I love I think it so much. Back in much. those days, he didn't cancel because it was before those scrolls with CNN and yeah. every report. So they just did a oh show that day. It was God. so. I did. And how do you like? Oh my yeah. God! And then it's like the greatest thing ever that you're finally getting to do late night. Yeah, you, it's hard because you can't say no because mm-hmm. you think it's like in, this is inside actor stuff. You know, you ever have it where there's an audition, you know, you're wasting your time. It sucks. But if you have a new agent, you don't want to say no because some, some are cool, but a lot of they go, oh, we submitted you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, so, yeah. so you know what I mean? So it's it's. Maybe it's not. Like no, I got sent in for a. I don't know how often you get sent in for a Disney Channel stuff, but uh, for like live action, yeah. Disney Channel. I'm sure you know. Well, I used to. What happened was, I was well back when I was doing a lot of guest spots. It was network stuff, so you get spoiled because mm. they used to rerun them. And then to go in for a now, you're better at them. You're more broader and high energy. But I've done. I, then you, there's like no residual. So I, I was lucky. I went through a phase where I was doing those Disney and Nickelodeon things, but they were offers. So sure. then you go even to audition. I've auditioned for a few of them. You go best case scenario. You know, it's it's all right, but you make no money. There's no, no residuals, and not, yeah. and you're there, and everyone's punching themselves in the head, and you know it's so broad. Oh, so I God. hate yeah. those those. Disney and with your things. style, it's like if they want. Somebody who does what you do, they know who you are. Well, what happened was there's that show Hannah Montana, which, Mm -hmm. and I worked for those guys. They they that ran it for Suddenly Susan without auditioning. So, so with me, and they wanted me to audition. So I go, they know what I do. So with me, when someone knows me and I've worked for them, if they want me to audition, it means they're fans. Mm-hmm. But I'm not quite right for it. They want to yeah. see it, so I, sure. I'd rather wait for something that's right. So I, I turned, I made up this thing because uh, again, I didn't want to piss them off. Go, I don't, I'm turning this down. I made up that I was out of town, and they kept calling, going, "When are you coming back?" You know, because I didn't want to. I think you, I don't know if you remember this, but mm-hmm. in Hannah Montana, they wanted me to play a moose. Lit antlers, and I go, Fred. I've been around enough to know what it would be like. I'm the middle aged guy walking around in a moose costume, and all these bratty kids would be running around. So, you know, so that's too pathetic. You know what I mean? Sure. So, I get it. you know what I mean? Like, you're the usually, if you're middle aged and you're on this kids' show, 
you're a Mr. Bill, you're a practical joke. Like mm-hmm. you're walking around with your shirt off. You know what I mean? You're the the weird teacher. Yeah. Yeah. So I go. I'm you're too the butt old. Of the joke. Yes, yeah. I'm too old to be the, the the guy, the pathetic guy doing that. But there, I got to tell you something, and I'm sure you go through it too. Sure. Where, um, you know, if it's an offer, it's great. And now you, we're friends with the same guy, uh, Drake. Um, oh yeah, Drake Bell. Now I didn't know it back then, but um, the way these I did one Drake and Josh get recognized so much that to me, as I'm older, one of the most fulfilling things to me is getting recognized by to be part of someone's childhood. Mm-hmm. And if you, I could did a few Wizards of Wave plays, Drake and Josh, Ned's sure. Declassified, mm-hmm. and. Um, that to me is fulfilling. Again, when you're doing it, to have to audition for it, not so fulfilling. Right. Yeah. And, and if there's bratty kids on the set, but you do you feel the same thing? One thousand percent. Yes. To me, it's Absolutely. most fulfilling thing to be to make a kid feel so good, or a, mm-hmm. a twenty year old. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That goosebumps. That you. I have the same thing. Like stuff. Bob Newhart, part of my childhood, getting to mm-hmm. know Jack Riley. Get meeting uh, people from Dog Day Afternoon, but mm-hmm. you had that too. Their childhood. Yeah, my absolutely. favorite thing. No, no, that's the best. My favorite thing is going places with Steven where he needs to buy something like as an adult, like if he needs like, uh, like diarrhea medication or something. We oh, walk yeah. into like a Walgreens, I and then the guy a... that he has to ask where it is recognizes him from Big Time Rush. It's the funniest thing. Yeah. Yes. Because like, he's like, oh, that guy I watched on TV for five years gets diarrhea. That's well, like, which you thing. I love that. Yeah. But well, to... yeah, that, that's 100%. 100% has happened with Matt in the room. Oh, where yeah, I... I had to go buy something for hemorrhoids at one point. Or something, and, <laughs> and, and, I was, and I was like, I need this thing for hemorrhoids. And the guy goes, aren't you the guy who was like, are you fucking kidding? Yeah, yeah. And he goes, can I take a picture with you? I go, oh, yeah, hemorrhoids. Hold holding hemorrhoids. Holding the hemorrhoids. <laughs> yes. Then we, we're in. We're in. So but funny. yes, I, I, you know, um, some shows, the kids are bratty. I got to say Wizards of Waverly Place. They were so down to earth. It was really cool that uh, I'm, uh, I was hanging with Selena Gomez. Mm-hmm. And you see uh, the iPhone light up and it says Justin. And, and her friend is going, oh, He's playing games. Don't answer him. Like it's Justin Bieber. I'm getting all excited. So they were really cool. That show. I mean, you watched someone like Josh Sussman. You know Josh Sussman, right? Yeah. Oh, I worked with him. He's a character. He's a great great guy. guy. Yeah. Like that guy is. uh, His, like, I've watched what's happened to him as a as an adult, Uh and it's fascinating because because women will come up to him this is no joke uh women Wait, will you, come up to my, him fr- my new agent could do a josh sussman impression hi and i uh, what a you <laughs> Ooh, know that's not bad though and that's I, pretty good. I, and, yes and i'm i like my tea and i'm going out and i i, I get nervous <laughs> yeah told, i'm interested he told the story he told the story he was on glee for people listening he's the guy with the big crazy hair mm-hmm. yeah and so he was holding the door and and he wasn't that aware that Jane Lynch was behind him. He goes, oh, I, I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't see you. I would have held the door. And he kept apologizing all week. She goes, all right, already. <laughs> he goes, he, Man, did, did that, is that why I didn't come back? <laughs> That's so solid. That's yeah. a solid impression of him. Shit. 
So uh, when you get out to Los Angeles, what is the uh, the general vibe when you get out here? What's what's it like? I mean, what's it like to move from oh, New York to come out here? When and when did you arrive? You got eighty eight. Right oh shit! And you'd had moderate success. You'd done Letterman. You'd been on right, but still stuff like that. But it's still like you weren't like a star when you came. No, out. no, no. Yeah. No. It, well, you know, you come here. And you don't get, you know, you, you're spoiled in the comedy boom getting several sets a night. Mm-hmm. And you're out here where, you know, every night Jay Leno comes in, you know, Robin Williams, Billy Crystal, Seinfeld. And there's no paid gigs. You know, yeah. there's no circuit. There's, you know, we never had to do bringers, which which I didn't do. So, <clears throat> excuse me, it's it's maddening because the depression and the anxiety of... I. As I wrote about my book, mm-hmm. um, you you when you're in New York, it's it's stressful. But you always go, well, I haven't tried L.A. yet. Mm-hmm. So you go once you're in L.A. Now there's no going back. <laughs> yeah. This is it. Mm-hmm. This, you know what I mean. So it's it's fucking yeah. maddening. Where it's, you know, how do I, uh, you know, you fall prey to manipulative acting coaches. That's why in L.A. there's so much people preying on vulnerable people like. Mm-hmm. Feng Shui, acting coaches, bad <laughs> managers, yeah. workshops. Uh, Everyone's got a gimmick. Everyone is looking for a magic solution. So it was, uh, I was uh, really, I'm neurotic as it is. And I had this girlfriend who, I, who got tired of me because I leaned on her like for advice and acting tips. And, how, you know, you have to score a pilot or something because... Again, if you don't make it, you know, I'm not going back to New York. Some people do, but I was more passionate about acting than stand up. I never, I mean, my, my friend, um, Jimmy O. Yang, do you know him? Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. He's yeah. been, he's, he's a great guy. He's Silicon Valley. No. Yeah, yeah. Just he, got a new deal yesterday. Oh, yeah, he's doing great. Yeah. yeah. So he's on Silicon Valley with TJ Miller, who's great, but. TJ's one of those guys, he said, when Silicon Valley, he wants to move to New York and be like a Colin Quinn, Gary Goldman that does eight sets a night. Those guys love stand-up. Mm-hmm. I'm not that guy. Yeah. yeah. You know? So, yeah. So, so the anxiety of... So, luckily, it's, I was with William Morris. So, I'd go on pilot auditions, but didn't book anything for two years. And that, that came about... Actually, with the David Brenner show, I did these... I was like his sidekick. I was like a Chris Elliott doing... There was a tape of it, and someone showed it to Bre- the late Brandon Tartikoff, and I got a $10,000 holding deal. They used to have Holy these, shit. These, these shitty holding deals, you mm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, not, you know, not the big ones, but little by little, I just start staying in town and just trying to audition. Hey, so, uh, you know, I, I, uh, as always, you know, we always have Fireball Whiskey with us whenever we tape an mm-hmm. episode of our show. You know, we, we had the Kaplan twins on. We yeah. gave them a bottle. We give bottles away a lot to people. You know, sometimes. It's good stuff. Like, people yeah, like it. It's, people love yeah. that stuff. Uh, I actually have a bottle with me right here, and uh, I'm, I'm going to drink some of it. Uh, but if you listen, when I open the top of this bottle, you can hear in the bottle, you can hear the fireball whiskey talking and it's a uh, it's on here fireball yes. oh, talking you totally can hang on All let right. me take the lid off ready Ayoga, the man <laughs> i could be the man 
There he I'm is. I'm gonna be the man today. That's the We're sound. We're gonna that, have fun. That's fireball. the sound of the fireball yeah. whiskey inside it's the like, bottle. It's like encouraging you. It's, it does. Hey there, fireball whiskey. Hi, man. Hey, I'm so excited. I can't wait to drink you. Man, stick, stick it. Get rid of all this small talk. Just drink me already so I can have some fun in your tummy, bro. Get get in my tummy. Get in my tummy. Well, make it happen. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Oh, Oh, yeah. How how is it down there? Oh, my goodness, dude. It's so so cool down here. But, like, dude, what the hell did you eat for lunch? (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Oh, um, my God. It smells like dog shit down here, bro. (laughs) Oh, Oh, well, hopefully that fireball whiskey will make things smell just a little bit better in there. I can't, you know, I'm going to have to hang out in your stomach for a while and make it smell good. So uh, keep keep drinking that shit, bro. Yeah, I will. I'm going to drink a little bit more. Here we go. A little more. more Yeah, we're having a party in Steven's stomach. Drown out these horrible choices I've made. Woo! Oh, fireball whiskey. You know, fireball, it makes you feel good and it makes your stomach smell better. (laughs) All right, back to the show. Wow. And then what was your first time on tv like what was the first role you actually got where you got to be on tv as an actor mm-hmm. well the first the first only and only time i was ever a regular was my first job it's because of brand tartikoff and mm-hmm. they had a, a four episode show called singer and sons mm-hmm. about a jewish deli that only went four episodes and i remember it i'm glad it was my first and worst show because the showrunner was trying to fire me. Brandon <laughs> Tartikoff wanted me on it, mm-hmm. so I don't know if you ever had this where the it sometimes is a good thing when a network executive is pushing for you, but sometimes you get resentment from the showrunner because you weren't his idea. Mm-hmm. Sure. So oh, he was God. trying to fucking fire me. The guy who created the show, he just did not want me there. But they resented that Brandon Tartikoff said, no, this guy stays. Yeah. So they, this guy used to give the craziest run th- uh, uh, notes after a run-through. And one written run-through, he gave me no notes. And someone who works with him goes, you're gone. I've worked with him. When there are no <laughs> notes, he fires you. Oh, and no. they were trying to fire me. So, again, I'm very grateful that it was such a bad experience. After mm-hmm. that, every guest spot was a joy because uh, he it was a it was a nightmare so um, but I got to work with Esther roll on it mm-hmm. it's oh, funny yeah. the older I get the more I use the expression the late the late Harold Gould started, <laughs> the late David Brenner the late yeah. uh, Esther roll so no wait real quick it, it says on IMDB that you your first credit is something different I just want to double check Ooh. with you Ooh. is that is that big man yes yeah okay now so I'm, that was we're, we're going to read the plot of this all right this is okay. the this all is right, the I'll tell you Here why I don't <laughs> count this well, no, but were you? Which, so what? Okay, what this was was a movie that was never released, where they had a montage of oh, different so people going, "Oh, I saw the monster over there," at like, like college students. <laughs> All right, here we go. So it was just me go. going, "Yeah, it looked over there," and I pointed. All right, here we okay. go, uh, Matt. You're gonna have to put in some uh, music for this. Okay. okay, some like instrumental music. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> In this version of Hunchback of Notre Dame, a hunchback is found living in the bell tower of UCLA. He is put on trial and made to go through tests, 
one of the research doctors falls in love with him, and he falls for her in the end. Big man on campus. <laughs> that was 1989. Wow. Yes. Yeah. It was never yeah. released, you say? I think it was. <laughs> Sounds like such a great st- idea. <laughs> starring Alan Katz, Corey Parker, Sydney, Cindy Williams. Oh, Cindy Williams was in it. Oh, okay. Oh, I dated Cindy Williams. No, you didn't. No, I didn't. Oh. You dated uh, Penny Marshall. I did. I did. <laughs> yes, it was a long <laughs> no, time ago. It was yeah. a long time uh, ago. So then you started getting guest spots on a lot of yeah. shows that we... All saw. I mean, you were on a lot of shows. Lois Clark, Living Single, Empty Nest. I mean, you know. And then. Yeah, it died down. But during. Well, during the 90s, there was sitcoms on every day Mm -hmm. of the week on every channel. Yeah. Like, I remember on Mondays, NBC had a thing called Mushy TV, Mm -hmm. where it was uh, Brooke Shields, uh, Suddenly Susan, followed by one with. what was her name from uh, Caroline in the City? That was Thursday. Oh, uh, but, uh, the one with Nancy Jo McKeon? Yes. I forget the name of that show, yeah, but I know what you're talking Can't about. Can't Hurry Love. So yeah. I, there was so much more work on sitcoms because, like I said, before reality TV and game shows and Nightline and To Catch a Predator, <laughs> there, were, sure. there were sitcoms. <laughs> they used to ha- I was on twice Sabrina the Teenage Witch, mm-hmm. and there were so many sitcoms. Shows like Urkel and Sabrina, Sabrina would be on Nickelodeon now, yeah. but they were on network. Yeah, at yeah. The time, like they were ABC Friday night shows. Yes, or whatever, Friday. Yeah. Full House would never in this day and age yes. be on a regular network. Right, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Right, yeah. So then do you have any of those shows that you were on that are sort of like your favorite? Like what was your favorite guest spot on one of those sitcoms? Well, I have different favorites for different reasons. Some my favorites because of the cachet of being on Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Raymond, but they weren't my funnest. Mm-hmm. What, what to me on Seinfeld, to me the thrill of being in Monk's Diner and waiting for them to go to action and sitting there and mm-hmm. then walk just to be part of that diner, just in any context, Absolutely. is mm-hmm. like, you know, I mean, it's funny. My other scenes in Seinfeld, it was great to be on it, but just to be, but my favorite scene was being in that mm-hmm. pivotal what what's a great word to use for it um just iconic iconic think, yeah. uh set mm-hmm. is sure. was to me amazing my other my fun, my my the one where i was most uh starstruck i love the movie hair i love treat williams i mm-hmm. thought he's the coolest so i was on a show no one ever heard of and just palling around with treat williams mm-hmm. a show called good advice and Norm MacDonald is crazy. I had crazy fun working with him on the Norm show because we'd play tennis and hang out with Artie Lang, and and he's just such a nut. So, yeah. So, yeah. so now, uh, before you were on Seinfeld, you were a writer for one season. Yes. On there, uh, which is sort of what led to me reading your other books because you wrote a Kindle single about that called My Seinfeld Year. Right. And then that got sort of enveloped into the book. The book that. Uh, is maybe we'll have you back, but your stories the about be- and the best showbiz thing next to Warren Littlefield. I yes, just want to say <laughs> really best but showbiz it's a Matt. book. You should you should read that book. I'm it's telling you, I absolutely it's love it. I love all showbiz books. That's why yeah. we'll yeah. get to. I wrote my other Kindle single. So uh, when you were a writer for Seinfeld, how did that come about? Why don't you just tell us a little <clears> about that? What happened was, um, you know, I knew him in the '80s, <laughs> and um, as a matter of fact, I was there. He didn't say it to me, but he goes, let's see who could go the longest without masturbating, but you got to be honest. 
<laughs> and um, so I knew him from the, so uh, a guy, a great guy, I don't know if you know, he's Steve Scroven. He's gone on as a writer. He's written on Raymond all nine mm-hmm. years. And um, he had a surprise birthday party. And I remember I went there and, and a lot of these New York uh, 80s comedians were there a lot. And did you know Larry David at this point already or no? Yeah, yeah, from New York. And he came after surprise. I don't want to fucking scream out surprise. Stupid. (laughs) You know? So everyone in 1994 was writing a Seinfeld spec script and bothering him. Mm -hmm. Did you read mine? He goes, how come you never wrote one? You know, I I think he got a kick out of me because I was, you know, he liked to abuse me. Go, mm-hmm. hey, you're a loser. You're a fucking misfit like me. And you never get laid. You know, Larry. Larry. Yeah, Larry David. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So then it turned into um, him. Uh, he goes, how come you never wrote a spec script? I go, I, I never liked the idea. I wasn't looking to pursue a, a career as a staff writer. Mm-hmm. I'm not smart, money-wise. <laughs> An idiot. I didn't know. So he goes, I write one. Nothing will happen, but I will read it. And I wasn't going to do it, but then I thought there were people who would kill to have Larry yeah. David read their specs, Seinfeld. So I, yeah, someone helped me, um, not write it, but come up with the pagination. Do you remember screenwriting before Final Draft? That <laughs> sure. It didn't, yeah. pa- it, and I didn't even have oh. a computer. Like you had to do it on a typewriter and make it fit that weird format. It's it like did, weird it had to do something called pagination. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Where, you, where it, to... you, didn't even, you didn't even know the page number you were up to yeah. or something. But I had something called an ASAR. It was half computer, half word processor. It was mm-hmm. like a half sort of a computer, but a typewriter. So a friend of mine figured out how to um, <clears throat> do the labeling of mm-hmm. the scenes. And I, and I wrote a spec script. And back then, they were, before they started hiring these Harvard guys that knew how to stay there, he was hiring a lot of stand-up guys like Mm me who would eat out and spit out, eat up and Mm -hmm. whatever. So basically, the way Seinfeld works, as opposed to other um, staff, there's no table. Everyone is on their own. You're trying to get your own stories uh, pitched to Larry and Jerry, you can't write until all four storylines are approved. Mm-hmm. And I was just on my own. So you need a story it was story for George, Kramer, Elaine, Elaine, and Jerry. Yes. Okay. So you can't team up with somebody else. To Not really. Story. Everyone's mm-hmm. trying to get their own stories on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. The way I describe it, it's like a homicide division where everyone is trying to solve homicides, but they got their own cases. <laughs> and, and I'm on my own. No one's really trying to help me. <laughs> you know, and they're just in their rooms with the doors shut or they're trying to pitch to Larry and Jerry. It's always maddening and interesting. So that's why mm-hmm. I wrote my Seinfeld year. Mm-hmm. And you got one show that is sort of the one that's your own yes. that got made. And you created one of the greatest characters in the history of that show, Kenny Banya. Oh, thank oh, you. absolutely. Well, that was based on a real guy. Do you know a guy named Bruce Smirnoff? Yeah. That's before your time. I know that name. Oh, okay. Yeah. He gave me an Armani suit. He lied. He said it was $1,000. It doesn't fit him anymore. <laughs> he says, amazing. just take me out for a meal, uh-huh. and we're even. <laughs> so we go to Jerry's Deli. He just had soup. He said, I'm going to save the meal. <laughs> <laughs> and then he kept bothering me. He wanted a better meal. So that became the, my Jerry story. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Soup count as a meal. Which, by the way, um, my new Kindle single, something similar happened with that. 
Mm-hmm. Really? Should I go into that? Yes, oh, please. Yeah, yeah, please. So I have a new Kindle single, and I'm only looking because they did the subtitle, but it's it's called um, Five Minutes to Kill. It's mm-hmm. about the 1989 HBO Young Comedian special mm-hmm. I was on. Um, you like showbiz stories. So this had such a diversity of trajectory of careers and lives to six comics. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of young people, how old are you? Right now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, you, you're not young enough where you feel funny saying your age. No. Okay. How old? Well, are you? How old are you, back Glazer? How old? Right, I'm gonna be thirty in a year. Okay, you're okay. a young guy, and that's right. young. But a lot no, of young not. people don't remember that HBO used to have these young comedian specials. They were great. That were launching pads. This mm-hmm. is before. This is even before Hulu, Netflix. This is before Comedy Central. Yeah. This is the eighties. No, seventies, eighties, and a little bit of the nineties. Was eighty nine after the Roddy Dangerfield yes. three that they did? Okay, those were real big ones. Yeah. So these young comedian specials, they launched Kennison, Dice, Dice, Roseanne. Seinfeld, Roseanne, Louis Anderson, Everyone. yeah, uh, Saget, Larry Miller. I don't know. Did Larry Miller? Do he was on one of those specials in like eighty-two or something. Yeah. So these young comedian specials were really big, and I did one in eighty-nine, um, the thirteenth annual one. <coughs> Excuse me. So I always found it was interesting who the different what happened to everyone. Two yeah. of them made it big. Rob Schneider and David Spade made it from the mm-hmm. special. Is that, they me. got went from that to do an SNL. Yes. Yeah. Right. And then it was hosted by Dennis, Dennis Miller. Miller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there were um, other people on it who, uh, again, I just, um, so I decided to, <coughs> excuse me, to try to interview wives, widows, mm-hmm. managers, club owners of all the people on it, like what happened to all six of us mm-hmm. after our quote unquote. Big so who break. were the other four? Or the other three, besides you, Rob Snyder, and David Spade, who are the other three? Okay. Um, Drake Sather, who you probably mm-hmm. never heard of. Warren Thomas, who you never heard of. Jan Karam, who you may have heard of. Oh, okay, yeah, Jan Karam. Yeah. yeah. So basically... She also was on Seinfeld. Yes. Yeah. So when I interviewed Rob Schneider, he said something. He goes, the interesting stories are the ones you never heard of. Mm-hmm. So it, you know what it's like? Do you guys follow sports? Yeah, sure. I make it in... Not a, at all. Not at his, all. His maybe a funny sure. I'm, like, I'm, I'm a lying section. I'm explaining the story to, to someone. He goes, you know... Yes, water. Sure. Yeah. I'll get your water. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Robbie, go get him some water. You get him oh, a thank water. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Robbie. Robbie walked in. He'll be on our next you episode. You sexy bastards. <laughs> yes. So basically... It's like, like you know, those 30 by 30s. Like, what happened mm-hmm. to the Wildcats? The mm-hmm. yeah. Big Five... Jalen Rose and uh, Chris Webber made it big, but one of them, and I'm just throwing out yeah. examples, got shot. One's just a, uh, a high school coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, and one guy, he goes, I'm a high school coach. <laughs> I went, okay, sorry. It's a good <laughs> sure. thing. No, he's the happy one. Yeah. No. So, um, so, so it's sort of like analogous to the, mm-hmm. like, these are the hopeful six. Yeah, because of those six comics, you have two who became, I'd say, pretty big name stars, David Spade and Rob, and Rob Schneider. Schneider. Two people who have... A uh, very successful long-running career, you and Jen Karam, and two people who sort of were never really know. heard from. Yes, and I want to give away why you never heard from them, mm-hmm. but uh, um, yeah, very. But Jen, is, Jen has her. She would argue she's not successful, <laughs> but she's had a lot of 
drama and mm-hmm. like the triumph and the tragedy of that special. Well, I'm special. lucky. I've worked with two of the people from that special, with Fred yeah. Stoller and with Jan Karam. Wow. Shows nice. with well, now I want to read it. Where yeah. can people get it? They could get it on, a, it's only $1.99, like my Seinfeld year. It's these mm-hmm. Kindle singles. And you just, you know, a lot of people go, oh, I don't have a Kindle. You, you could do download it on, it on your phone, your laptop, your mm-hmm. desktop, your yeah. iPad. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah so it's. Do you, uh, uh, do you feel like you're going to write the rest of the? <coughs> is there going to be? Is there going to be a book that's that this is going to fit into uh, at some point? Or like, what do you mean? Like sort of like your last one, how you took the Seinfeld year and Seinfeld year, and then you put hmm, it into. I it. haven't thought of that yet. This story is more. It stands on its own, but mm-hmm. there could be a follow up. There could be, there could be stuff. Um, oh, so what happened was. I was trying to, I'm not as good as you tracking. I tried doing a podcast. I hate bothering people or tracking them down. So I stopped. You're good at it. You know, I, um, excuse me. So I was tracking down people trying to get all these interviews. Mm -hmm. And there's one guy, I won't say who, but I interviewed him. And he was like Kenny Banya, where he said, let's go to uh, Nohu in Malibu. (laughs) She goes, I'll take it easy. And he just got appetized. It was a 70 mm-hmm. bucks. <laughs> Jesus so Christ. And he goes, hey, I, I just thought of some other stories. Meet me at Waffle. <laughs> so I, then I pay for his, uh, his eggs and waffles. So he's like milking this, like holding back stories. <laughs> oh, my God. He's like, it's like when, uh, when a detective on one of those shows is like goes to the drug dealer, like, hey, yes. we need some information. He's like, oh, well, if you give me a hundred bucks, I'll give you some information. So then, then he hundred bucks. He's like, well, if you want to know the real story, mm-hmm. right. pay me another hundred bucks. So then he, yeah. he did something where he texted someone who texted Rob Schneider said, I'll talk to Freddie. Mm-hmm. So Rob Schneider, uh, great guy. Uh, I, I met him at, uh, what is that? Where did we work with Felipe? I, I blocked out. The Bray Improv. Not Bray. It isn't. Oh, maybe you were Because we did Bray together with Felipe Esparza. It was the night of Clayton Kershaw's no hitter. There was an, there's another oh. uh, improv that looks just like Bray. <laughs> What's the other one that's off the Ontario? Top? Ontario. 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 Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, what the hell was I saying? Oh, yeah. So. So he goes, I set you up with Rob Schneider. Now I want a real meal at Nobu. <laughs> what the fuck is that about? <laughs> I go, you know, you're just like Banya. He goes, yeah. hey, you benefited. I want to benefit. So there's almost a book. There's almost a book about me about trying, about trying to get the internet. Trying to get this book about all the people. Some were nice. Some yelled at me. Some wouldn't do it. Uh, some look. paid for the, my meals. Oh, oh, Robbie's man, brought oh, thank you. Uh, water, a, a, a water boy, Robbie. Oh, thank wow. you so much. Thank Thanks, you. Robbie. <laughs> Robbie bought a big jug of water. Um, <laughs> less coughing. <laughs> Robbie, oh, you man. are a jug of water. That's what you are. Juggalo. Yes. Yeah. So basically, uh, it was it was fun uh, interviewing people. I made n- some new friends. Some I was friends for a while with, but then they kept demanding more food. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> so, what's your writing process like? When you like, how did you decide to write this <clears throat> Kindle single? What happened was, I always liked the idea of uh, what well, was the 13th annual Young Comedian Special, mm-hmm. and because of things that happened. I thought, oh, is it cursed because it's 13th? Like some bad things happen to some of the people. And um, I, 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 I liked the story, but I wasn't um, sure. But then um, I had success with my, my Seinfeld year, and 
I was trying to think of other things to. I thought this could be a documentary, but I don't know how to mm-hmm. bug. I'm not a filmmaker like you, where you know how to do shots. And and then I've tried doing films and documentaries, and you know, you end up arguing with the DP. He wants to do it differently, and mm-hmm. so then I said maybe. And I pitched this to uh, Amazon. I, I I wrote the thing. They said, oh, we we like this a lot. So then I said, okay, all I have to do is, uh, I, fe- I was like a detective, mm-hmm. like uh, uh, bugging people, interviews. Some people, I wasn't looking for dirt on David Spade. The pathology is the guys you never heard of. So yeah, some people sure. are very protective. I'm not giving up Spade. Mm-hmm. You know, I go, no, I just want to talk. He's yeah, the- all the stories about Spade are already out there. Well, yes, yeah. and yeah. he's the contrast. Yeah. Him and Schneider are the good life, the mm-hmm. opulence. You know, and I think it would make a great documentary. Absolutely, oh, I think they would totally go for it. I just watched a, a documentary on Netflix called uh, "The Best The Best Worst Show Ever," and it was it's called about uh, uh, the uh, "Merrily We Roll Along" the the Stephen Sondheim musical. Yeah, I, I got to see and, that. Uh, and how the cast of that show. On Broadway, they were all like 17, 18 years old. They were all kids, mm-hmm. and uh, it it flopped hard. And one actor in the ensemble Made was, was Jason Alexander. Oh, that, wow. wow. And then Incredible. years and years and years later, it, uh, it became the show that was the cheapest for high schools to put on. Wow. So it got this massive like like cult following. And so they decided to remount it on Broadway with the original cast. And Jason came back. And uh, and it was all about and like Hal Prince, the director, and uh, Sondheim never spoke again after after wow. it flopped. And so the two of them came back together and are currently working together again. And it was all about, but it was it was interesting because it was only one person that had become very very successful from this cast. Well, maybe this will lead to. I it. think it's the same mm-hmm. same kind of vibe. People like that. They like yeah. knowing. Well, hopefully, they like yeah. this Kindle single. It's, it's only I, I like it. It's a doll, and I feel guilty like. Uh, Hey, you spent too much money. When I used to headline, <laughs> I used to feel sorry for the people waiting online to see me headline, like I'm their weekend. Oh, <laughs> God. No confidence. So funny. Um, but, it's funny. Uh, it's like, there was like, I always wish that I have the confidence in stand-up of like a six-weekend open micer who thinks that they're a genius. Like, I'm like, oh, yes. I wish I had that feeling on stage. Well, I was, I was the guy that did okay, was asking people to reassure me I didn't bomb mm-hmm. when there'd be the opposite there'd be guys that bombed that I killed yeah I, I wish I could be those were guys were you aware that you were growing this persona as you were doing it and that you were gonna carve out a very specific <clears throat> like people were asking for you because of what you're able to bring you mean into, in acting in acting I think you yeah. could even say there's a Fred Stoller type yeah. I've auditioned for those and not gotten them oh I auditioned God, for a, a voiceover it says example Fred Stoller not gotten it but with stand up <laughs> I, I did this my act was very specific but then I grew out of it and I was doing an imitation of myself and mm-hmm. it didn't feel natural a lot of people say oh you watered down your act you used to be more weird but it didn't feel right anymore. Mm-hmm. I wasn't as depressed with my head down and, you know, and that weird stuff. There's a lot of stand-ups that do a character. I, I would say names. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you well, later. <laughs> well, even, um, I mean, look, even... Tom, but, but, but it seems so contrived, like I'm a weird guy where mm-hmm. it's too in your face. Where yeah. there, there's, you know what I mean, where it's like, I'm not buying it. But so I was, beca- I didn't want to be that guy, so... 
uh, so yeah, so but with stand up, oh, with, with acting, like yeah. I said, with, with Hannah Montana eventually gave me a part that I was right for. When I'm really right, I don't have to audition if they know me. Right. But I know when they know me and they want me to audition, means we like Fred, but let's see what he does with this. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the same thing happened with, um, what's that show with Brad Garrett? Till Death. Where he, sure. I auditioned. This is uh, funny. And and uh, I see like a black guy, Phil Lamar, who I'm sure you know. Oh, yeah. he's a great actor. Yeah. And I go, hey, all right, it's good. They're bringing the black guy. Then I see five other black guys. They wanted... They wanted to go black, but for some reason they say throw Fred Stover in. They wanted a black version of yeah. me. Uh-huh. So um, isn't it like that in auditions? Like you go in and either everyone all looks the same and you stand out and you're completely different, or you go in and you're just one of everybody who yeah. all looks the same. It's like, well, how are you going to pick? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So uh, so eventually there was another part until death where Brad Gale goes, oh, and Freddie. <clears throat> That's my Larry David impression. I used that for <laughs> Brad Garrett and Rodney. But uh, yeah, so hmm. yeah, but I'm enjoying writing. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hoping this does well because I want to. I like writing, like I would, Seinfeld and this kind of well, stuff. Well, we'll definitely. Are you uh, are you doing much stand up these days? Or no, no. I, I you can't really dabble. I not, not, it's, I saw you, Stephen, and you got to hang out. And it was funny because. I I, I want to go on the big podcast, Joe Rogan, but I, I learned Joe Rogan has no idea who I am because there was a night at the store where you were hanging out back there and it was like speedweed night. Mm-hmm. So it was all these stragglers smoking free joints and then there were strippers on oh, no, the porn stars. So, oh, sure. Yeah. So I felt... So I'm back there going, hey, Joe, I really appreciate, you know, you because I got into weed late in life, you know, mm-hmm. taking the cigarettes, whatever, dude. And he thought, <laughs> not that I'm great or yeah. anything, but and no, he thought I was just some schmucky guy smoking free joints. I'm not, I was. I'm, why am I anything more than that? But yeah, so so you, you got to really be in the scene. And, and, and even flappers, I hate that place. Yes, sure. Because that to me, and I don't care if they hear me say it, at first, I came back to stand up and was touring with Norm. I stopped that, but I thought, well, "Flappers." I was opening for Darren Carter mm-hmm. for yeah, free, great guy, and um, and then she replaced me because I'm too low key. So, <laughs> and I'm going I'm for free. I'm getting fired. Yeah. But Flappers is a place where it looks like a comedy club, but it's the nicest open mic, beautiful venue, run but poorly. Where their Badly. business model is to make money from comedians instead of make money with comedians. Well, from well I members. just reported them like recently yeah. to the uh, was that the thing with the labor board, the, the anti-Semitic stuff, or no, well, no, 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 no. that was this a couple years ago. I just, I, I just reported them to the labor board. Because, like, uh, they, they, well, you know what's wrong, and they, and they wrote back and said that they're, uh, oh, they're investigating you, them. They now you advertise. Me, could you that send me that stuff? Uh, yeah, link I want to read about because now what they're trying to do is they they advertise. Like I get their emails. Like once a week. Well, it's like Scientology. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Where Please. you have to go on their list. Mm-hmm. And when I first started going there, I'm doing well in the Yoohoo room. Then I go, 
this doesn't count. Yeah. Because everyone in there is someone supporting another comedian. Yes. So they're all amped up. Yeah. And, and they're, they're friends. And to get on stage, most of them, I was wondering, why is Darren Carter and Jen Karam the only ones I've heard of there, mm-hmm. usually? It's usually people you have to take their class, mm-hmm. or you have to bring five people. For yep. every person, you get two more minutes. Yep. It's I, gross. Yeah, no, the California yeah. Department of Industrial because, uh, Relations that protects the well-being of 18 million wage earning uh, wage earners and uh, helps employ and comply with state labor yeah. laws, the uh, DIR. Because what I, happened uh, was... Uh, I reached out to them about what was your complaint okay so flapper sends out emails like once a week with all their stuff and one of the things they constantly are pushing for they're always looking for interns and other people who are employees and they basically say you're going to come in you're going to do office work and we're going to compensate you with stage time oh my which God. is not legal you can't have yeah. people work want, in your office and here's with stage this is time. actually this is verbatim want time on want stage time this weekend <sighs> we need callers come in and call guests to offer them tickets to see shows this weekend get five minutes on one of the weekend shows one four-hour shift of calling equals five minutes <laughs> so if you come in and do four hours of work in their office flappers. Like, then they'll give you five minutes on stage. That's okay. what they're advertising. And that's why I have a problem with that. No, cost. no, I was going there. And then when I got, well, I got fired. Uh, you know, <laughs> this is a funny thing. Not fired, but they, so they brought in some guy. Maybe you know who he is. And he goes, I'm here. He announces it. Like, I'm here to praise Fred because uh, he's too low key. And, and like, like, like the Batmobile, we got an emergency. <laughs> so <laughs> it's funny, her looking through the Rolodex. Nice guy. But who can make up for Fred? Mm-hmm. Is this guy, uh, Greg Hahn, who pours beer on his head, flaps on the stage <laughs> like a fish, <laughs> punches his head. So it's like, who on? Uh, that is the opposite of Fred. Is, yeah. 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 I, again, if you want to, don't sue, I'm exaggerating. He's a great guy. <laughs> he's going to go, I don't punch myself in the head. No, he's a great guy and he kills. But mm-hmm. she, she looked for the most extreme high energy to make up for this me. Yeah. So again, it's it's like Scientology, you know, where, oh, and I don't know what got me started with that. But, uh, it's okay. We're a we're a non flappers uh, <laughs> podcast. Everybody knows we're that. a yeah. screw that club. I I am surprised I'm not banned by them yet because of all the yeah, stuff I talk vocal. about them all the time. But I really like Barbara. She was very sweet to me, but it just felt yucky. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and look, you know what? When I was first oh, starting, and they out, really, they really, they have in the bar and here and the three uh, on the roof mm-hmm. in the parking lot is open mics. <laughs> yeah, I don't know when I was when I was first starting out, I would go to uh, th- this comedy club called uh, God, what was it called? Uh-huh. Jokers. Uh, oh, uh, up at uh, Universal City. What was that thing pl- called? Do you remember? Bonkers. Bonkers Comedy Club. Oh, remember Bonkers Comedy Club and Universal yeah. City Walk? No, I, I remember. Bonkers with a Z. I, I remember oh, that jo- I'm looking at the John Lovitz one, which looked gross with that. This was before crazy. John Lovitz. Before Lovitz. Yeah, yes. there was yeah. a club there called. It was an offshoot. There's a, a small chain in the Southeast called Bonkers. Yeah. Uh, and they had one in Vegas and one at Universal City Walk. Uh, and the one in Vegas became the Louis Anderson Comedy Club. Yeah. At the Palace Station or whatever casino that was at. Yeah, but, and they well, they hired me for a job there. I mean, this is when I was first starting, and it was to hand out flyers. And I had a megaphone, and I would stand on the on the boardwalk. And, you know, I mean, on the you know on the main <laughs> drag, and I would go, "Hey, everybody, come on!" And they paid me like maybe like five six bucks an hour yeah, or whatever. Minimum wage. It was minimum yeah. wage, but they paid me something. Yeah. And then because of that, I I would get to do stage time. But mm-hmm. they paid me for it. That's like, and that's a different story. It's like yeah. if you want to do that kind of stuff. I mean, in New York. 
York, there's guys who stand out on the street and hand Barker out flyers for their own shows and stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's choices, but I also when feel I did like uh, it's, it's when I opened for going by Irvine, there was a black guy called Happy. His name is Smiling Jerry. Great guy, Friendly and, Frank. Friendly Frank. Wow. And, yes. and he would ha- hand out. <laughs> yeah, if you have your own show, yeah. Keith Resner does that. He hang, hands out. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, the, that was my long-winded question about why I don't do stand up. It always feels yucky. Even opening for Norm Macdonald, there's a weird, as classy as it is, a comedy club. It's still, can I have a t shirt? No, you're the middle. Uh, <laughs> you're in the green room. All these other stragglers come and they bring their girlfriends to impress them. They know Norm Macdonald. Mm-hmm. There's just a yeah. weird Meanwhile, sleaziness. Meanwhile, like the solitary, like, you can just write. Like, you can just stay home and yeah. write, and you don't need permission, yes, and you can exactly. do whatever you that, like. That's why I did this thing first as this rather than try to make it a documentary. Mm-hmm. Where I, Well, I had to talk to people, and enough people talked to me where I got the story. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I love it. I think, I think it... I, I think it would make a great documentary as well. I think I somebody so. should someone should. I do would that. buy tickets to hear you read these on stage to be very upfront. Yeah, you I know what? I well, would we too, man. That's a fucking great idea. A live reading of that, yeah. Yes. Mm. Dun, well, dun, maybe dun. look footage. That's not a bad idea. I thought it had yeah. maybe a one-man show where I tell the story. You could show like their set from the thing and then talk about what happened to them and then show the next set and talk about them. That would be kind of cool. I thought of that one. There you yeah. go. Yeah. A little Thank Q&A you, at right. the end. Boom. Let's to the Writers it. Guild. <laughs> to the Writers Guild. There <laughs> <we> go. <laughs> yes. Thank God. Um, uh, Fred, where? Uh, what's uh, anything else you want to talk about before we wrap things up? Uh, I mean, look, we did not get into Dumb and Dumber. We did not. We barely touched on Everybody Loves Raymond. But, uh, you know, you, you have such an Great extensive the career. Book. They're so um, damn cool. All that's coming up is... Uh, just uh, I'm gonna go on another podcast. Push my uh, labor, love this book, Kindle single, and I'm very again. I'm very happy. Uh, I want to just this is what this feels the most creative stuff I've done. Beautiful. I love getting voiceover work. I love the acting part, but it doesn't always feel as creative as writing your own story. Yeah. And I think with stand up, I can't be as creative. You can't go as deep. You gotta you know they're drunk. You gotta get them. You gotta. It's Irvine, mm-hmm. yay, that packed yeah. it is, see Felipe. Mm-hmm. So I like like something like this to be more conversational. Well, mm-hmm. you're nice. you're such a talent oh, and thank such you a so much. sweet guy. Could you, could you text me that flappers? I thing, will, absolutely app? I will. That is classic. You better believe it. <laughs> where it's like, where you get five minutes for every call. Five minutes <laughs> for four hours of work. Unbelievable. That made what coming in worth it. I can't wait to get so that. Good. Send me that. You get the so light good. at two. Um, yeah, maybe so you can end good. early. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, Glazer, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, geez, Louise, I'm on BuzzFeed. Hi, guys. I just met a monkey, um, and that's a really good video. I didn't meet you before, have I? I don't know. There's don't another guy. So. No, you're not him. You would no. say you know me. Yeah. Who was uh, trying to get Bonnie blow, blow someone to blow him? Oh, I, no, that Bonnie. wasn't. Well, that might have been me. Okay. Yeah. No. But it wasn't. Um, Glazer, where, <laughs> what's, your, what's your Twitter? What's your Twitter handle? At Glazer Boo Hoo Hoo. 
Uh, I just broke 13K thanks to a glorious tweet about cum. So feel free to oh, <laughs> follow I, well, me. Well, besides cum, can there. you tweet my Kindle single? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll all tweet it and we'll tag the uh, we'll, we'll, we'll tag it. it in our uh, in our post oh, for good, sure good, about good. the episode. And I made uh, a sale. He bought it. Matt, what about you? Where can people find you? Uh, you can find all my links, uh, everything I'm doing at funnymat.com. Or if you were annoyed by anything I had to say, please let me know at mattwalkersucks.com. And they do. Yes. And they do. And Fred, where can people find you if they want to uh, uh, check you out on my, the uh, I have a Facebook that has 5,000, but there's a Facebook fan someone started mm-hmm. thing. And uh, Twitter, Fred underscore Stoller. I love it. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. You can always get me at Stephen Glickman, S-T-P-H-E-N Glickman on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Yes? My nighttime show? Oh, yes. And of course, uh, the nighttime show, the uh, live late night show version of this podcast is at the Hollywood Improv. Mm. Of course, uh, everyone knows it is May 27th mm-hmm. at the Hollywood Improv. With, uh, with Helen Hong. A Helen Hong, Maz Jabrani, mm-hmm. lots of other wonderful, wonderful people oh, from being Superior added. Donuts. Yep. And yeah. it is going to be a, a big, big night. It's Memorial Day weekend, and we're giving away 100 uh shots of fireball whiskey throughout the night as well as lots of other amazing prizes and uh and magical stuff so stay tuned for that guys uh again don't forget to subscribe to the nighttime show podcast mm-hmm. and uh, and leave us comments and uh and rate the show yeah t- tell your friends for Christ please do all right we love you guys so much thanks for Thank checking you so much, it friend. out and thanks so much for coming Peace! Death is you!